You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Richard. How are you this windy morning? Uh, yes, I'm good. Thankful for the uh, colder weather. It was, it was crazy <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> How have so, you been coping? What have you been doing to pass the time this week? Oh, well, I think uh, I might share with our, with you and our listeners some fun times I had with my Alex, um, my oh. oldest son. Sorry, there's been a lot of kid stories here in this podcast, Joe. Yeah, I love uh, kid stories. I'll bring so in good. some variety in due time. Um, <laughs> so uh, Alex is really keen on RC flying, radio control planes and things. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's been a significant hobby for him lately, which I we share together. It kind of works like this. He comes and says to me, Dad, it's not too windy. Can we go down to the park and fly things so I can fly things? And so as much as possible, I like to go, yep, let's do it. So we go down to um, the local football field or the touch football area, and mm-hmm. he loads up. He takes along with him these RC planes of different kinds. They're like you can picture them. They're about uh, 30 to 40 centimetres in wingspan. And uh, he uh, started this hobby a bit early, probably before he could manage, and I was trying to <laughs> bind the con- transmitter to the to controls of things, and it was just a loss because I'm not very technical. I had no interest. But um, now he's looking after himself. So we wander down. Uh-huh. I stand there and just say, see if he's okay, but then I'll often just go read a book. And uh, he'll be standing there in the he'll be standing there in the middle of the field, very happy, launching these planes, flying them around, replacing the batteries, bringing them into land, uh, doing minor adjustments with some uh, pliers, and um, yeah, he comes back at the end of sort of half an hour of flying, saying, "Oh, thanks, Dad, that was great. I got really high, or I did a Himmelfarb roll, or." Um, <laughs> landed on the cricket pitch or something like that so uh, yeah it's a wow. funny, funny hobby but it's uh it's good okay how does that fit with drones because oh, i feel yeah. like with both of them you've got an expensive piece of equipment being controlled by a remote control but there must be some differences yeah drones are they'll often have a camera and a lot of part of the fun is getting footage and filming uh-huh. things and uh they're quite automated so you could press a button quite easy to steer around and they'll come back to you uh so for alex and they're a bit more expensive sometimes uh but for alex the the joy is more about aviation it's more about uh letting down the flaps and putting increasing the yaw and uh catching a thermal (laughs) with a glider or um it matters to him that it looks like a plane that he knows and loves and stuff like that so right yeah similar but, uh, you know, he'd happily fly a drone around, I think, if we had $3,000 to spend on a drone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a, there's a difference there. So <laughs> I, can hear, I can hear a monetary difference there and yeah. an experience difference there. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. So that's uh, been our stories. What's uh, going on in your world, Joe? Well, I'm not a spontaneous person, but I went for a spontaneous movie outing with a friend on oh, Monday night. Fantastic. Which was yeah, it was good because the movie was good, but it was also because I felt that sweet thrill of, look at me being spontaneous. <laughs> I don't usually be spontaneous. I feel like I'm growing as a person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a little personal growth thing, some spontaneity. 
one day I'll be even more fun and I'll do spontaneity regularly, but I actually pretty much have to plan to be spontaneous. <laughs> I don't feel like you need to change, but um, that's oh, great. <laughs> but yes, and, I went to uh, see um, the, the Dry by Jane Harper. Oh, yeah. Yes. So it's a book that was released a bunch of years ago based in a small Australian outback town in the in the height of a drought mm-hmm. and the movie has Eric Banner as its leading um, star and it was, I thought, and my friend Liz, who I went to see it with, we both thought it was a very good adaptation of the book, really yeah. captured the book really well, the characters were true to the book mm. and it was it's quite, um, it's got some pretty heavy themes, so I don't recommend it for just anyone to watch it, so, mm. you know, definitely not for children, definitely not even, I wouldn't say for teens necessarily. But yeah. uh, what I was really enjoyed was there was this one shot of this guy driving along a wide dirt sort of gravel road in the country. Mm. And I thought, oh, I feel like I'm driving home just oh, wow. watching that. Really? Yeah. yeah. It really so felt like Roma? Yeah. Yeah. Very evocative because it felt like I was on my way out to the farm getting you know getting out there it was really it's a great i actually recommend it it's a good film that's funny that that makes me want to that story from you makes me want to see it more than uh the other potential themes or great acting or anything (laughs) like that i would go see it just for the yeah so it really made it look like home yeah it's funny joe that um you telling me about that scene makes me want to see the movie more than uh great acting (laughs) or um dialogue or suspense or anything like that i would go see it just for the Joe Clark Country Road experience. <laughs> oh, thanks, Richard. Um, and what about you? What have you been reading in God's Word? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, still reading Isaiah. I think I've shared with you and the listeners a few times in the last month or so, um, reading through Isaiah chapter at a time. But came across uh, here at Isaiah 63, verse uh, 9, um, mm-hmm. Looking at uh, grieving the Holy Spirit, interesting idea. Um, I'll read it from uh, verse 9. The context is um, uh, this is God talking about God's relationship with his people. Um, Mm. And in verse 9 says, In all their suffering he suffered, and the angel of his presence saved them. He redeemed them because of his love and compassion. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of the past. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit, so he became their enemy and fought against them. Mm. Now, that, um, I read that and thought, oh, grieving the Holy Spirit, that's a phrase I know from the New Testament. Yes. Uh, yes. And um, can you remember where it's from, Joe? I'm, no, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I've got a few ideas, but I wouldn't even want to speculate. No, where is it? That's all right. This, is a, this was an uninvited bit of Bible trivia for you there. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Um, yeah, it took it's me a familiar experience for me to not know exactly where things are. <laughs> no, no, it took me a while to find it as well. But I thought, right, I'm going to track this one down. And um, Good. it's in Ephesians 4, verse 30. You'll know mm-hmm. when you hear it. But um, it says, and, and don't grieve God's spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Mm. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice. So, um, yeah, it's picked up in the New Testament. So, uh, I was going to ask you another question, Joe. Sorry, no warning on this one. No, no, happy to. Bring it on. What do you think about what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit? Is this something you've thought about? Um, Not really. I've particularly never noticed it here in Isaiah. Mm. Um, 
But it seems to me that there's a comp, uh, relationship between rebellion and grieving. Yeah. So it's definitely something Christians do. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, just to argue against that position I just said, <laughs> um, this is, we're talking, to, this is to God's remnant, is it? Yeah. In Isaiah, this part of Isaiah. Yeah, okay. So, no, I would say it's God's people. So it's probably something Christians could do. Mm. Um, and that's that that plays out with Ephesians 4 mm. being about not grieving the Holy Spirit in your relationships with others, not being disunified. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I've been Other just, thoughts? Yeah, just be, I've been mulling over it. I think it's it's not like the Spirit would leave his holy people. Um, no. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not like Saul, King Saul situation where the spirit left him. But, mm. um, yeah, there is this relationship with the spirit, obviously, in our understanding of the Trinity. Um, there's three persons, one God, which in the Old mm. Testament back here in Isaiah was sort of still a bit obscured. You couldn't necessarily pick that out, but um, clear in the mm. New Testament. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, some so here it's sort of some element of the of God, his, his spirit, um, that responds some way to rebellion and uh, nice. serious in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Ephesians, the idea that ungodly speech or malice or, yeah, wickedness that, that doesn't fit with what God intends for us to be um, somehow grieves the Holy Spirit. And mm. uh, Paul brings that in that as a motivator for, for, yes, for yet another reason for us not to go down yeah. that path. And it fits with the picture we have of a God who does have an emotional response to our rebellion. Mm. So we see Jesus weeping and grieving the lostness of people, but also when he, you know, he looks at sin, he's disgusted by it. Say so even he's angry in the mm. temple, um, and it seems he's angry. You know, he gets a whip out in it's John, and so. It makes sense that our God could both sustain his love to us mm. graciously while still have a negative emotional reaction to our rebellion. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And living in the day of Jesus, um, yeah, we just depend on grace day by day. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah's a little stronger on that one. It says, so he became their enemy and fought against them. Um, yes. That feels like more in the Old Testament zone than um, our relationship with a loving Heavenly Father in the new testament but um yes that does that that does seem a different kind of judgment reaction mm. Mm. so yeah that's some um, bible reading for me joe a little bit of meditation just on a phrase yeah yeah that's very interesting and uh what have you been reading and thinking about joe well years ago a book called a better story mm -hmm. by glenn harrison became all the rage in our church circles yeah and I've just finally caught up. <laughs> I finally got around to reading it um, fully um, and well I love it. I'm also on the bandwagon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Essentially, the book is exploring uh, how Christians need to respond to the sexual revolution mm -hmm. of the last few decades mm -hmm. by painting the better story of God's design for sex and relationships. Yeah. And wow. um okay. He does such a great job of it. He persuaded me. The first few chapters I felt were a bit slow. Mm -hmm. So push through if you're starting to read it. The first three chapters uh, felt a bit slow. Uh, but he uses phrases that wake my mind up. So things like the pornof 
pornographication of society. Mm. Um, he uses that phrase and I think, yes, that's exactly what's happened to our society. Yeah. You turn on a TV show, it's a crime show, but then the next minute there's a sex scene in it, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, um, He talks about how removing marriage actually heaps injustice on the vulnerable in our oh, society. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Been and I found that. Yeah, he, he talked about how there's research to show that marriage is good for children mm-hmm. and marriage is good um, for families and, and the pl- a place where families can um, nurture and grow and have secure and loving relationship. Yeah. And he, he engages with research in those things and I found them quite persuasive. And so there's a quote he, he gives here, a mm-hmm. society that values strong committed marriages will by default nurture the virtues that are critical to the well-being of children keeping yeah. promises, delayed gratification, commitment for the long haul, a focus on education, and the blessings of the self-control. Mm. What I a thought, great quote. Ooh, yes. And my heart, when I first heard it, actually rebelled. I wanted oh. to say, oh, you can't say that about marriage. And I realized I am, I am wrestling with this better story, that I have taken on some of the world's thinking that I need to be really mm. circumspect about how I talk about marriage, that I can't state so strongly the, the gift of marriage to the society. But actually, I believe everything about that quote. And so it really made me wrestle with how I have, I'm a product of my generation and mm. I need to have an insight about that. But um, by far, the best thing um, about the book that I really enjoyed yeah. um, is captured in this quote. I'll just read it. It's a little yeah. long, but it's, it's really good. Go for it. The huge changes wrought by the sexual revolution over the past few decades have made us think long and hard about what we really believe. We realised that we had often allowed a deficient sub-Christian view of sex to dominate our communities and shape our attitudes. This made us look harsh and judgmental, and many people felt diminished and excluded. And rather than serving the vulnerable and poor, our moral convictions were sometimes used as weapons to beat them over the head. And I thought, yes, Mm. I can see how even if I've not spoken in that way, I can think in that way, harsh mm. and judgmental, mm. rather than seeking to paint God's picture of marriage and um, heterosexual marriage particularly and um, abstinence and ch- chastity until marriage and uh, the beauty of a single life, rather than thinking generously about people who believe differently to me or the vulnerable and the poor. Yeah. being harsh and judgmental. And I thought, yes, paint the better story. Look at it the way God does mm. and love people, but also show how beautiful God's design is. So really in- encouraged by this book to, yeah, um, yeah think oh, differently. That's great. I love books that um, yeah, examine our culture really well, but are not sort of judgy and harsh. Yeah, uh, but, me too. Yeah, put forward like here's, here's a way you can speak about it, present about it. And, mm. um, yeah, books like that I think have yeah. helped me not get stressed or worried about mm. like, am I falling behind? Am I on? Am I being unhelpful because of my Christian mm. views? Um, mm. You've got nothing to be embarrassed about. Uh, yes, it's really encouraging. Yeah, so I'd recommend it. I listen to it as an audio audio book mm-hmm. through Audible, and I can recommend it. it. The author reads it, and I think he does a good job. So <laughs> right. give that a crack if you're a listening learner more than reading with your eyes, Luna. Yeah, totally. Mm. Well, that's all we have time for. Fantastic. It's been great chatting with you, Joe. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to you next week. See you then. See ya. See ya.